0: Hi, I'm Nigel Baker, and you're listening to The Future Financial Advisor. We're running this podcast to create an avenue for advisors to share their thoughts and their their best interests and really trying to attract those advisors who want to take the industry forward. What we want is great businesses are really making a difference and really making a big impact to their clients. and We want to know how they're doing it. So in this series, we're going to be discussing the latest digital platforms, some best practices, evidence-based investing strategies. We want to give financial advisors the tools they need to help more investors improve their financial well-being. So if you're ready to take the industry forward, modernize your advisory practice, and reach a new generation of investors and the new generation of advisors, then this show is for you. So all our
1: recordings and podcasts are general advice. All the content, all the people interviewing here, it's all their own opinions and all their own views. In no way does it constitute any personal advice or recommendations. If you need specific advice, please go and seek an advisor. Thanks very much. Hi, Evan. How are you today?
2: Good nice. Really Going really well, mate. How are you?
1: Yeah, great. Thanks so much for for joining me on today's podcast. So the first question I've got for you, Evan, is yeah, tell me a little bit about the ETF security story.
2: Yeah, sure. So we're actually one of Australia's oldest ETF providers. So um, we've been around since 2003. Um, so our founder, a gentleman called Graham Tuckwell, who you may have uh come across due to some of his uh, philanthropy uh, endeavors mainly around the the anu he had a background in, in the mining industry and, and his idea back in the early 2000s was to try and get gold onto a stock exchange so he saw that uh, there was a, a fantastic market in the in the bullion market that was um, you know people wanted to access it had a lot of you know barriers to entry so it was you know large investment size there was storage costs there were a whole lot of different things around um, around precious metals that made it difficult to trade so his his idea was just to, how do we get that onto the stock exchange? And that that got tied up with the um, the sort of growth in ETFs that was happening around that time. So ETFs had been around since the early 1990s, but had really just been used for equities and for basic index tracking products up to that point. So he he came up with the, the idea of the first gold ETF in the world, which listed on the ASX in 2003. That effectively became ETF Securities. So he then took that business over to Europe and built a, a $30 billion dollar, Asset Manager, mainly based out of Europe, a little bit in in the US and and a business in Australia as well, uh, which was relatively um, nascent It had precious metals and a few other commodities up until 2015 and 2015 that's when I got involved um, and that's when when ETF Securities decided to expand its Australian operations by building an equity platform for for equity ETFs and and other asset classes. So we've been working on building that business uh, for the last seven years or so. At the moment, where we've got 20 products listed on on the ASX and on, on the SIBO Exchange, we've got about five five billion dollars under management, just under five billion dollars, and yeah, it's been a been quite a good uh, growth story over the last few years. Interesting place to work, definitely a an interesting industry.
1: Wow, great story! I didn't realise that. Uh, ETF securities came out of a, a gold. Uh, that I didn't. I didn't know the history there, and also I didn't know you'd been around for quite that long. Actually, since two thousand and three. Yeah, we're so.
2: actually the second oldest ETF provider in Australia. So um, originally there was the, the State Street uh, STW ASX two hundred fund, and, and that was that was pretty much it.
1: So there's been a lot of them. I mean, it's been a great innovation for um, uh, investors and, and and advisors in the industry to be able to use ETFs, and uh, we still find a lot of people don't really understand what an ETF is, despite how popular they are now, which is. Which is interesting but what are some of the key themes that you're seeing being on the uh, your head of product at etf security so what are you seeing as some of the key themes uh evolving now in industry uh given you've seen this tremendous growth and um uh, product development over last since you started in 2015 imagine there's been, there's been huge change yeah around.
2: absolutely absolutely i mean so i guess etfs going back in the history they, they started out as the, the sort of core index tracker type broad-based benchmark type products low cost easy access that was the sort of mantra of uh, ETF issuers back in the day. And then along with gold and, and other asset classes, fixed incomes a big one that's, that's really uh, come on leaps and bounds in the last uh, 10, 15 years or so. Yeah, there's been a lot of transformation around that initial idea of, of core product holdings and, and low-cost funds. So now there's other asset classes. We've got obviously metals, other commodities. There's, uh, you know, offshore, we're seeing crypto assets coming into the ETF space as well and um, that's something we're potentially likely to see in Australia in the coming months. But in terms of recent trends, I think the really big growth area for the last sort of 18 months to two years has been around thematic ETFs and, and the way that people are using these types of funds. So these are, are funds that are really looking at some structural change in the world and, and or you know, a mega trend is the, the term that's often thrown around and how people can use or how people can ride the growth of these sort of disruptive technologies or um, you know shifts in in behavior demographics environmental issues all these all these sort of long-term trends so it's really been a quite an interesting uh, evolution in terms of you know how people are using these products I think uh, a lot of it came out of the rise of retail investors and that's that's another big uh, I guess trend in the ETF market in terms of more and more retail investors getting involved, and that that sort of happened around the you know immediate sort of post COVID period, uh, and has carried on a fair bit. But I think also in terms of advisor usage as well, that's that's really um, you know something that people are looking at now in, in terms of not just having those standard sort of core portfolio building blocks, but looking at how they can take advantage of some of these growth opportunities that, that aren't necessarily you know one business cycle or two. It's more you know 10, 15. Twenty plus years, where you expect these these type of companies to um, to have oversized growth relative to the rest of the market.
1: Yeah, wow. So it's, I mean, it's really interesting. So I mean, you're seeing obviously people um, take on some of these themes, these trends that are in the market. So it really allows the end investor and the advisor to build to really hone in on a certain area, I suppose, certain sector and capture that efficiently, right? It's a very efficient structure as well. You know, and there's been huge growth for that reason. It's just enabled the access to some of these markets um, to be a lot simpler from the old, you know, when uh, you and I first started out in industry, this was you know almost unthinkable to be able to access all these different markets so easily.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I think people having access to sort of technology and tools and things as well, allows these things to, to work a little bit better because a lot of themes aren't, aren't drawn on traditional sort of sector and, and region lines. So in, in the past, you'd have your you know, your Aussie bucket, maybe a US bucket, you know, potentially just a, an international bucket. Now you're looking at, um, you know, for example, a, a, a product that, um, you know, with one of our most popular products focuses on battery technology and, you know, lithium miners, that sort of thing. So you, you look at these products and, and they sector and and to some extent region agnostic. So you, you sort of, uh, some in some way you can be introducing some, I guess, uh, not so much risks, but um, some exposures in your portfolio that, um, that may be a little bit unintended in terms of your, um, Your overall strategic asset allocation but i think people have the tools now to be able to look through that and see what's inside these funds how that fits in with the rest of their portfolios so i think that the usage of these types of products is becoming more sophisticated
1: as well yeah really interesting so from like an etf securities point of view how do you might build a product like say for example crypto i mean we just i just came out of a client meeting this morning and an eight-year-old client held crypto you know she bought and sold it on an exchange so um so it's no longer you know just the millennial type of thing. It's it's everyone having an interest in this sort of space. So, do you get demand from advisors and say, look, we'd love you to build this, or do you have a team that sort of says, hey, these are some of the themes let's build this product and fit it, or how does it how does it work from a product development sort of? Yeah, it's, it's
2: it's a bit of a two way street really, or kind of a multifaceted beast in in some ways product development, and that's that's an area that I spend a lot of time on. It's partly you know I guess when it comes down to it, we're we're all trying to design products that that investors want and products that have a a use in in the portfolio of investors, and whether that's retail, advised, institutional, uh, whatever. There's there's definitely a client focus is, is the first thing. Yeah, there's there's a combination of you know ideas from things that we're working on, things that we see that, that could be interesting. Using clients as a sounding board. There's potentially reverse inquiry type uh, type things where you've got clients saying, look, it'd be really great if this product was available, and you know I've got uh, I've got clients queuing up to put their money into something like this, but it's just not there. Uh, and then you know the other area is. Obviously, the, the offshore ETF markets are, uh, you know, quite a lot bigger than, than the Aussie market, and, and there's a lot of different innovations and things going on there. So it's, it's definitely keeping one eye on, on what's interesting and you know what's what's happening in those markets, and, and seeing if you know that the types of products that would be uh, relevant for Australian investors as well.
1: Yeah, wow. Okay. So if, if um, advisors are out there sort of using ETFs, I mean, how do you how do you seeing that evolve from the early days to today, like a from your point of view, is it is it is it getting better? Is it uh, better or worse? What are some of your some of your insights there in terms of how advisors are using ETFs? Yeah,
2: I think um, I think the, the simple answer to that is that advisors are using more and more ETFs. not only are they using more ETFs, they're using them for a for a larger part of their portfolio. So I think that's that's the kind of the, the quick answer. I think I saw some some stats recently that I think sixty percent of advisors are now using ETFs regularly and there's probably another fifteen percent or so that intend to do so in the next 12 months. So that's getting up to a, quite a large portion of the market. And I, I guess part of the reason for that is um, you know, people listening to this podcast will be fairly well versed on the, you know, the Hain Royal Commission and uh, FOFA and all the, the reforms around um, tide distribution and, and, and those sort of areas of financial advice. So I think the ETF industry around that time was just starting its growth trajectory. So that was really i guess fortunate in in many ways and and spurred the ETF industry on to um, to the sort of growth levels we've seen in the last few years i think it was the right product at the right time in terms of you know issued by independent asset managers um, not having you know, sort of kickback type fees and, and these sort of arrangements that, that some other financial products had, particularly when you had in-house product production and, and advice in some of the bigger institutions. So I think in many ways it was you know, quite fortuitous for, for ETFs around that time.
1: And is it, so is ETF uh, retail only, or do you also have a like a wholesale institutional side of the, of the business?
2: Uh, it's Yeah, it's, it's fairly well split between retail and what we call intermediary. So that's really, yeah, that's really advisor, planner, and um, you know also broker so kind of traditional stockbroker type clients so it's so we've got a, a sales force that focuses really on those those types of clients but um but we do a lot of, of marketing through you know social media and and, and you know direct emails and, and those sort of uh, channels as well so we're definitely the retail segment is, is something that we're focusing more and more on and that's that's really as i said sort of come up in that sort of you know post uh, 2020 sort of environment um the the advent of all these discount brokers and a lot more um, activity from from trading generally.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's fantastic. It must be, you know, it's, it's good. I mean, the, the, the future must look very bright for, for a business like yours, for the whole industry, because we've seen the, the advisory market go from the big groups, the big banks, into lots of independent, and, 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 and so they've got an open ability to recommend Best interest which is fantastic and therefore they're using um, products like ETF securities which are much more transparent easy to use and better for the end client rather than being limited on a certain number of funds that their potential their owner told them <laughs> to sell so and, yeah <laughs> so it must be it must be great I mean one it's a better outcome for the end investors but for for innovative businesses like yours you know you're actually now getting access to the more of a market right because the advisors are actually not as restrained as they used to be
2: yeah absolutely and we're, we're definitely seeing that I think um, you know in the past people had you know, with active funds or with, with I guess uh, unlisted funds they were constrained by platform there's there's still an element of that in terms of um, you know part of our um, part of our distribution strategies is getting on as many proof product lists on, on various platforms as possible so there's there's an element of that still but for the most part even if you know if someone has a, a particular re- relationship with a, a platform and they can't trade a particular product they, they quite often go around that and they can just uh, you know Self invest via uh, you know uh, via their, their their broker, so it's it's pretty um, easy for people to access these funds, and that's that's definitely you know, played to the hands of ETF issuers.
1: Yeah, it'd be great one day, wouldn't it, if there wasn't such a constraint on what platform the clients are on? Like they should be able to, should be open ended. I mean, it's probably way off, but yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> it's so they on, oh, oh you're on this platform, that platform. It's, it's just, it doesn't help. No, exactly.
2: Like it, it, it should be sort of open the... slather in that regard, in terms of um, yeah, just. There's products there if, if they're suitable for, for that investor, and you know you, you assess that on the, the merits of the product. Uh, then, yeah, then that should be on a per client basis. I think.
1: Yeah, we'll put that on the to do list. So, um, and you can say it be as controversial as you, as you like here. So don't don't, don't worry. Obviously, um, but in terms of if there's one thing, you've got a pretty good insight into the in- industry. I mean, you're on the product side, but you've probably you've seen a lot of evolution. We've seen that happen in the advice industry. It's getting a lot better. Uh, the industry is improving a lot. I'm, I'm, really, I'm actually really confident that the advisors I'm talking to now are really, really passionate about helping people rather than, you know, 10 years ago, you just got caught in these conversations around product. And, and it was just, it, I almost couldn't talk to a lot of financial planners because we sort of just kept ourselves in our little independent little bubble. But now it's changed a lot and it's getting better. So in terms of one thing you could change in the industry and one thing you from what you've seen and what, what it should look like, um, yeah, what, what would that be? Yeah, that's, that's quite an interesting
2: question. I had a, a bit of a, a list of things there. I was thinking about, you know, sort of uh, structural reforms and tax and whatever. But actually, yeah. I think the one thing that's, that's, that really would um, probably aid the industry, and it's probably something that people don't pay pay too much attention to, is um, so the secondary market in, in ETFs is supported by professional traders, known as market makers, um, and, and that often gets gets overlooked a little bit. But um, so going back a few years, it was effectively a a duopoly of uh, two major market makers and we saw one of those pull out a couple of years back and they've, they've been replaced to some extent but I think um, the one of the, the key reforms that you could look at for the industry would be to to actually incentivize some of these big trading firms that, that are massive in terms of their market making coverage offshore to to get involved in the Australian market. it's, it's definitely starting to happen with um, you know the, I guess the growth in the, the industry and, and people looking at the opportunity in Australia whereas back when we were uh, you know sort of 20, 30 billion dollar industry, it was probably not really um, you know a worthwhile endeavor for, for some of these types of companies, but I think getting more of these firms in is only going to benefit investors. So if you have more competition, tighter spreads in the secondary market, then people can trade these. They know they're getting the, the true value of the product and they know they're getting the best possible price. So I think that's that's where I'd focus in terms of you know, what we could sort of add to, to improve the, the, the ETF market as it currently
1: stands. Yeah, well, It is something that most people aren't. A lot of people aren't even aware how that works behind yeah. the scenes. So, just to um, put that question out there and go a bit deeper there. So, the, the way you set the you set the price on the on the asset value of the of the underlying securities, and then and then explain how that works with the market makers, how they come in and yeah. So
2: that. so every day we we look at what's what's in our fund. We get um, so we have a fund administrator that uh, that looks after all the the valuations and the accounting of our fund. So they. Feed us information that we take into our systems, and we produce what's known as a portfolio constituent file. So that goes out to all the, the market makers every morning, and that, that basically tells them how to price a particular ETF, and so what's effectively what's in the ETF. So they then have their own valuation models, which uh, you know vary in complexity. So for an Australian stock trading during Australian hours, they'll just look at the last price, pretty simple. If they're looking at um, you know U.S. stocks during australian hours when that market's closed they'll be looking at what's happening in u.s futures markets if they're looking at europe they'll be looking at uh, you know a range of different products and things that are uh, instruments that are are available so they'll have their own models as to you know what the various correlations are and they can get quite complicated as to you know how they actually value these things intraday and it's it's particularly challenging given our time zone given that we're we're open when most of the world is closed Uh, so there's there's an element of you know art over science in there as well, for some of them. But um, uh, you know, we on products that we that we have that we have multiple market makers, we tend to see a fairly close consensus as to where the where the price should be at any particular point during the day. But it's it's really um, I guess encouraging competition there that you actually uh, you know get a price that is is fair for everyone involved.
1: Yeah, wow, that's fantastic. Yeah, I think mean, that's a, a good thing, and that helps the efficiency and the pricing for the end customer. Something that would be very much well, well received. So Evan, it's been really, really good, um, getting a bit of a story of your experience in the market, how ETF securities fit in, some of the themes going on, how they're being used, obviously being used more and more. So it's obviously creating some great opportunities for investors and, and for your, your business and the whole industry as a whole. Um, so I really appreciate your time. It's been great. Are there any other final comments you wanted to make for the audience? Oh,
2: look, I guess, you know, just not so much a bit of a, a plug, but just really, um, in terms of uh, you know our, our role as, as an ETF issue, we we take it quite seriously in terms of our um, you know view of the market and in terms of educating clients. So that's that's a really big part of what we do is is taking a really a product agnostic view and, and trying to get ETF education out there. So if, if anyone's listening who doesn't have you know too much experience in ETFs and wants to find out more, you can. Either hop on our website etfsecurities.com.au or you know feel free to give us a call. We're happy to to chat through. Um, you know if you've got an advisor team, we're more than happy to come and present and just give you some um, you know more information on either our products or just you know ETFs in general.
1: Brilliant. Well, we'll certainly have that information there uh, in the in the um, the podcast su- summary as well. Please do reach out to ETF Securities. Um, thanks so much Evan for your time today. It's been really helpful and informative. I've certainly learned a few things, so I um, hope everyone listening has as well. But uh, again, fantastic Thanks, Nigel. Good to, good to chat.
0: you've been listening to the future financial advisor. So if you've been enjoying the show, please make sure to share it with your network and leave a review on your favorite listening platform. Or if you've got some ideas or thoughts or would like to come on as a guest or know someone who would be a great guest, then please let me know. To learn more about CNTM, just go to our website, cntm.com.au or look me up on LinkedIn. Look forward to speaking with you and see you on the next episode.